welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Uh, well, today I'm going to begin a two-part series. Uh, and uh, it's about a privilege that we all have. It's an awesome privilege. And uh, if you want to read about this privilege, it's in the fantastic uh, book of Hebrews, Hebrews 4.14. So if you want to turn to it, that'll be great. And uh, if you don't have it, well, it'll be up on the screen. So it says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace. Everyone say the throne of grace. I didn't say a few people. I said everyone say the throne of grace. Fantastic. With confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This passage of Scripture is telling us this, that as Christians, that is those of us who love Jesus Christ, have got an incredible privilege. We can enter the presence of God whenever we want. Whenever we want, we can enter the presence of God. What a privilege. It's also asking us that if we want to, we can approach Him and find Him. But not only that, we are also able to find what we need in our time of need. It's no wonder this place is very aptly called the throne of grace. It's fantastic. It's a privilege. Who's ever here had a privilege or access to a place where they normally wouldn't be able to go? I have. It's great fun. When I was young, I used to go to concerts all the time. It was great. A few times I went backstage. I once met Paul Young. Who remembers Paul Young? Come on, love of the common people. Wherever I lay my hat, all that stuff. It was great. I saw the stuff that happens backstage. I even met him. We had a conversation. I had this privilege. I had this access. We had a conversation. I said, you know, um, can I have your autograph? And he said to me, good day today, isn't it? And I went, yeah. We really got to know each other. It was great. I had access to this thing. A friend of mine who's a bit of a politician, he's a member of the upper house, he gave my wife and I a great day one day in Parliament House and we had access to all these amazing privileges that we wouldn't otherwise have. You know, we walked past politicians and I was calling them by their first name. It's cool, I'm there. G'day, Mike. He's looking at me like, you know, who the heck are you? I was like, okay, look who I'm with. I'm in, I'm in Parliament House. You know, I can, I can do this. You know, we, we had access to books and libraries. We went through it all. We had access to parliamentary red wine. They have parliamentary red wine. I had no idea, and it was very, very nice. I wouldn't normally have access to that. It was great. But the best thing was seeing my wife when we went to the lower house, jumping from seat to seat, pretending to be politicians. It was fantastic. She was, oh, I'm my grand. Now I'm this, now I'm that. It was, it was, it was, we had this, I was thinking, I dare security to come in right now and try and tell us off because you can't. Look who we're with. We're with my friend who's a politician in this place. Because of him, we had access to all these incredible privileges and fun things. It's similar with God. Because of Christ, because of God, because of this throne of grace, we have access to all of God's goodness, to all of his grace, to all of his strength, to every good, loving, faithful thing that God has for us, we have access to it because of the throne 
of grace. So this two-part series, I've just simply called Access All Areas. Access All Areas because that is exactly what we have through this incredible privilege. And I also think it's a privilege that we can often forget. I think we can neglect it. I think we can turn our back on it because of faith, faithlessness. You know, perhaps we can uh, turn to other things like a bottle or a needle or despair, um, rather than being faithful and saying, well, God, you have this throne for me. I'll turn to that instead. You know, or maybe we get legalistic and think, well, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe, you know, I haven't prayed enough. You know, maybe I don't deserve this. But you know what? You don't deserve it. That's why it's called a throne of grace. Because we receive that that we don't deserve. So don't let that put you off. Don't get legalistic about it. Uh, don't get religious about it. Don't think, oh, I have to pray a certain way or talk a certain way or be in a special place or have special people pray for me. Don't get religious about it. It's not like that. Jesus has done away with all that. We have this freely available access to the best that God has for us in his incredible throne of grace. It's an incredible privilege. So we're just going to focus on this promise. We're going to focus on this incredible, incredible promise and invitation that God has for us. And I thought, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to look at all the things that we find when we approach the throne of grace. That's what we're going to go through for, the next, for this week and next week. All right. Now, the first thing that we find when we approach and enter this throne of grace. Now, this is on my notes, so don't, don't panic. Don't look for it. And it's, it's, it's foundational, it's important, it's crucial that we realize this. Without this, we won't truly have the access to all of God's goodness that he wants for us. The first thing that we need to see and find and realize that is there when we approach God's throne of grace is this, is that we see Jesus. We see and find Jesus. Without that as a foundation, the throne of grace is an empty chair. Unless we see Jesus sitting on this throne in all his splendor, in all his glory, we will miss the point. We won't have the access that we need. We need to know that Jesus is sitting on that throne. When we approach it, when we enter, we need to realize it is him in all his fullness because only he is worthy to sit on that throne because after all, it's his throne. Now I know that the word throne has lost a bit of meaning in these days. I don't know what you think of when you think of throne. You know, I have my throne. I have a throne at home. It's made of leather. It reclines. It's got access to the munchies, remote control, Joe set up my sound system. It looks fantastic. I've got this, this incredible throne at home. No one's allowed to sit on it. No one can take My kids know that that's daddy's throne. No one can sit there. They, they don't have the privilege to rule with such dominion as I have, to sit there and be able to flick channels and drink stuff and, and eat munches and stuff. That is my throne. Maybe that's what we think of when we think of thrones these days. I don't know. My son's find a throne. He's weird. He spends... I'd say, on average, about 25 minutes on the toilet. <laughs> He's found his throne. The funny thing is that the first time I noticed this, I'm there, dude, this is after 15 minutes. I'm there, what are you doing in there? After a pause, he yells out, I'm thinking. <laughs> so you're five years old, you don't know how to think. Don't lie to me, get out. <laughs> 
He's found his throne. He knows what a throne is. However, back then, a throne had a slightly different meaning. It was reserved for more preeminent people. It was basically reserved for four people, four kinds of people. It was reserved for, uh, for warriors after a great conquering victory. It was reserved for kings who would rule and reign on their throne. It was reserved for priests who would be elevated to God, honoured, to mediate between people and God. And also it was reserved for, um, for uh, did I say warriors? One more person. Come on. Come on, people, you should know. I think I've said it all. Oh, judges. Sorry, judges, where they would sit and rule over sin and death. Now, that's why Jesus is the only one who can sit on that throne. Because he is all those things. He is all those things and more. So when we approach the throne of grace, we need to see Jesus. And we need to see Jesus as king. Jesus as king. We need to realize that Jesus the king is sitting on that throne. Revelation 19, 16 says this, on his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, when we approach this throne room of grace, we need to see Jesus, the King, sovereign over all creation, in total control, ruling over his kingdom, because that's exactly what he's doing right now. That's where your Jesus is right now, in total control of every man, woman, child, circumstance and situation. He is ruling supreme right now with his scepter of righteousness sitting on his throne. That's why David was able to sing and say in Psalm 66-7, he said this, he goes, the Lord reigns by his power. With his eyes, he watches the nations. That's where Jesus is right now, ruling and reigning with his power and with his eyes in every situation. When we approach this throne of grace, we need to see King Jesus sitting on it. And you may be thinking, well, I kind of know that, but I'd like to ask if we know that, why then do we worry? Why do we feel anxious if we know that King Jesus is on his throne? Why do we? Why do we turn to to despair? Why don't we worship instead of worry? Why don't we trust instead of fear? We need to have this revelation that King Jesus is on his throne in control of your situation. If good things come your way, give him glory, give him praise because he's given them to you. If tough times come your way, realize they come because as a result of your sin or other people's sins. But trust him anyway. Don't blame him. Or realize that perhaps sometimes he allows trials to come your way simply to mature you and grow you. But don't ever think that Jesus is not on his throne. Jesus reigns supreme on his throne. As you know, uh, my, I'm, I'm a new dad and I tell you, it's, it's those moments that you know, those moments that you know that there's got to be a God. There's got to be a God sitting on his throne in total control. It's those moments that you just realize when you hold this miracle of life, Oh man, don't tell me there's no God. Seriously, normally I try to be patient with people that tell me there's no God, but come on. When you look at this beautiful, perfect creation, how can you say there's no God? How can you say that no, there is no loving, all-powerful, almighty creator, but that there was nothing, and then in in those nothingness, gases kind of appeared, and then from those gases they blew up, and then they blew up and formed the perfect spherical planets that we have now. 
And then somehow those planets' water appeared. We don't know how it appeared. And then little amoebas appeared in that water. And those amoebas got together and formed fish. And then those fish got tired of being fish and swimming in there. So they walked out. They became amphibians. Same became eagles. Same became giraffes. Same became monkeys. And same became us. When you hold a baby, you go, you can keep that theory. You can keep that theory. I know there's a God. I know there's a God that reigns. I know there's a God that's creative and he's a creator. And I know that he's on his throne. I know. Now, I know I've just had that privilege. And maybe you didn't have that privilege this week, but I'm just what I'm here to remind you about. And maybe in the past you've had those privileges. Just remember that. Don't worry. And realize that the first thing that you see when you approach the throne of grace is Jesus. And one of the things that you see about Jesus is Jesus, the king, ruling and reigning over his whole creation. When we approach the throne of grace, we also need to see Jesus, the warrior. Jesus, the warrior. Jesus is a warrior. That's why he can sit on that throne. Revelation 19.11 says this, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and makes war. When we approach the throne of grace, let's remember that Jesus the warrior is in it. Jesus the warrior. Jesus the man, God, who came and defeated sin and death. The two biggest enemies of humanity, your two biggest enemies, your sin and the fact that you're going to die as a result of your sin, Jesus the warrior defeated those enemies. Your biggest enemies have been defeated because of Christ the warrior. Your sin no longer counts if you're in Christ. You've been forgiven. It's been defeated. Your death has been defeated as well. You will, you will not suffer death if you're in Christ Jesus. You will simply experience a transition from this life to the next because Jesus, the warrior, came, as he said, to destroy the work of the devil. And that's exactly what he did through his sinless life, through his death and through his resurrection. He defeated every single work of the enemy because Jesus is a warrior. That's why David, in his psalm, was able to say, I set the Lord before me. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. He knows he's his warrior. That where we can't, he can. That where we can't do it on our own strength, man, Jesus will do what we have to do, but Jesus takes over. And because he's a warrior, he will defeat the enemies of the people of God. I tell you, I love that picture. I love the Jesus of Revelation 19, where he's got a sword, double-edged sword sticking out of his mouth with which to strike down the nations and strike down the enemies of God. We've got to remember that when we enter the throne of grace, we see Jesus as the mighty, all-conquering warrior who has defeated all of your enemies. Let's remember that when we enter his presence. Oh, I love that image. Much better than Jesus, the do-gooder with long hair, walking around, being nice. Or Jesus in a manger, being a cute little baby. Come on, that's not Jesus. Jesus is on his throne as king, ruling over all creation, and as warrior who has conquered our biggest enemies. All of the darkness he has conquered because he is warrior. My, my wife had an incredible epiphany um, during childbirth. And I don't want to say, I've got to be careful when I say this because. Um, you know, we had, an, we had a wonderful birth. It was, and I know some people don't. And I know that. I want to be sensitive about that. 
And if you think, oh, it's all right for you, well, with our fir- we lost our first, and the second one we nearly lost as well because uh, of complications. However, this, this one was, was a dream uh, delivery, literally, in and out, about an hour and a half. It was incredible. Um, and uh, one of the th- actually, I shouldn't say easy. I know, I know ladies, I know. You're, you're all thinking, easy for you. And I'm, that's, you know what I mean, comparatively speaking, all right? Uh, okay, now I'm in trouble. Anyway. And, uh, you know, there was a time afterwards, there was a time during the, the delivery when Ni- my wife, Nicholas, said, it's time, the baby's coming now. And boom, out it came. I thought, oh, that's pretty prophetic or, you know, there was something, she'd never done it before. But she ex- explained before how she said, you know, when you have those God, where are you moments? God, where are you? You've left me. Well, I think being in labor probably, uh, you know, rightfully constitutes one of those moments. She was thinking, she was right in the middle of that pain, she was, and she was thinking, God, where are you? And she almost, this is her testimony that I want to share with you this morning, she almost audibly heard the voice of God and said, I'm in the womb. I'm in this room. I'm in your heart. I'm all around you. I'm guiding the hands of these midwives. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere, sweetie. It's all right. Now, are you ready to have this baby? And Nick said, in her heart, this is what she felt. This was a testimony afterwards. And she said, yep, yes, I am. And Jesus said, well, let's go. <laughs> he did a Zohan, so let's go. <laughs> so I've heard. So I've heard. And it was at that moment that he heard, that, that my wife heard the, so let's go, that she screamed out, the baby's coming! And poof, out it came. Isn't that fantastic? Jesus paved the way! He can pave the way in every situation, kids. He is the warrior. Seriously, set him before you like David did. Set him before you. Say, Jesus, go before me in this situation, in this circumstance, in this problem, in this trial, in this sickness. Go before me. You don't serve a hippie do-gooder. You serve Jesus the King. You serve Jesus the almighty, all-conquering warrior who sits victorious on his throne. Remember that. Allow that to motivate you to enter into this incredible place called the throne of grace. Something else that we find is Jesus as the priest, the highest priest. In Hebrews 4.14 we read this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. When we approach the throne of grace, Let's also see Jesus, the highest priest. Jesus is a priest who intercedes for us. Through his sacrifice, he made a way. After he died and made purification for our sins, he went through heaven. That's why it says, I love that verse where it says, we have a high priest that's gone through the heavens. Jesus, gone through the heavens. He came from heaven, became a man, walked with us, lived a sinless life, and then he went back through the heavens where he sits enthroned. That's why Jesus is the highest priest. He is the greatest priest. No priest has ever done that. 
No priest has ever offered his own life as a sacrifice to the ransom of many. No priest has ever done that. That's why Jesus is the greatest priest. No priest has ever gone through the heavens. That's why Jesus is the greatest priest. And as this verse says, Jesus is able to sympathize with all of our situations because he lived as a man. This is amazing that we have in heaven, in the heavenly realms, Jesus being fully God, but also being fully man who has walked this life and knows exactly what we go through. Because he also was going through it when he was in his life. If you suffered despair, Jesus suffered despair. Your great high priest is able to intercede for you because he also suffered despair. If you suffered loneliness, Jesus suffered loneliness. If you suffered anger, Jesus suffered anger. Always without sin. But Jesus experienced what we experience. Whatever temptation you feel, Jesus as man experienced it as well. However, he was without sin. That's an incredible thought that God himself, walking through this life, experienced what we experienced, yet conquered and was without sin. That's why he is the greatest priest. That's why he is able to intercede for us. I love to do that. I love to, whenever I'm going through a situation, part of my everyday prayer, or every, every, every if you suffered loneliness, Jesus suffered loneliness. If you suffered anger, Jesus suffered anger, always without sin. But Jesus experienced what we experience. Whatever temptation you feel, Jesus as man experienced it as well. However, he was without sin. That's an incredible thought that God himself, walking through this life, experienced what we experienced, yet conquered and was without sin. That's why he is the greatest priest. That's why he is able to intercede for us. I love to do that. I love to, whenever I'm going through a situation, part of my everyday prayer, or every, every, every If you suffered loneliness, Jesus suffered loneliness. If you suffered anger, Jesus suffered anger, always without sin. But Jesus experienced what we experienced. Whatever temptation you feel, Jesus, as man, experienced it as well. However, he was without sin. That's an incredible thought that God himself Walking through this life, experienced what we experienced, yet conquered and was without sin. That's why he is the greatest priest. That's why he is able to intercede for us. I love to do that. I love to, whenever I'm going through a situation, part of my everyday prayer, or every, every, every If you suffered loneliness, Jesus suffered loneliness. If you suffered anger, Jesus suffered anger, always without sin. But Jesus experienced what we experience. Whatever temptation you feel, Jesus as man experienced it as well. However, he was without sin. That's an incredible thought that God himself, walking through this life, experienced what we experienced, yet conquered and was without sin. That's why he is the greatest priest. That's why he is able to intercede for us. I love to do that. I love to, whenever I'm going through a situation, part of my everyday prayer, or every, 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 if you suffered loneliness, Jesus suffered loneliness. If you suffered anger, Jesus suffered anger, always without sin. But Jesus experienced what we experienced. Whatever temptation you feel, Jesus as man experienced it as well. However, he was without sin. That's an incredible thought that God himself 
walking through this life, experienced what we experienced, yet conquered and was without sin. That's why he is the greatest priest. That's why he is able to intercede for us. I love to do that. I love to, whenever I'm going through a situation, part of my everyday prayer, or every, every, every month, if you suffered loneliness, Jesus suffered loneliness. If you suffered anger, Jesus suffered anger, always without sin. But Jesus experienced what we experience. Whatever temptation you feel, Jesus, as man, experienced it as well. However, he was without sin. That's an incredible thought that God himself, walking through this life, experienced what we experienced, yet conquered and was without sin. That's why he is the greatest priest. That's why he is able to intercede for us. I love to do that. I love to, whenever I'm going through a situation, part of my everyday prayer, or every, every, every month. If you suffered loneliness, Jesus suffered loneliness. If you suffered anger, Jesus suffered anger, always without sin. But Jesus experienced what we experienced. Whatever temptation you feel, Jesus, as man, experienced it as well. However, he was without sin. That's an incredible thought that God himself Walking through this life, experienced what we experienced, yet conquered and was without sin. That's why he is the greatest priest. That's why he is able to intercede for us. I love to do that. I love to, whenever I'm going through a situation, part of my everyday prayer, or every, every, every month. If you suffered loneliness, Jesus suffered loneliness. If you suffered anger, Jesus suffered anger, always without sin. But Jesus experienced what we experience. Whatever temptation you feel, Jesus, as man, experienced it as well. However, he was without sin. That's an incredible thought that God himself, walking through this life, experienced what we experienced, yet conquered and was without sin. That's why he is the greatest priest. That's why he is able to intercede for us. I love to do that. I love to, whenever I'm going through a situation, part of my everyday prayer or every 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 splendor and we find him as the greatest priest that's ever walked this life if you ever feel lonely god jesus you experience solitude you're in heaven right now interceding for me and you that the most awesome incredible heavenly being knows what it's like to be humanly lonely whoa what a creator didn't just leave us alone but became one of us to experience all that we experience but also to experience it victoriously and without sin. That's why we're able to go to him and say, Jesus, in this despair, help me, help me. In this sadness, help me. In this trial, I've been betrayed, Jesus. Jesus was an awesome priest who's gone through the heavens and is able to sympathize with all of our weaknesses. That's why it's called the throne of grace. You know, it's something that God has set up because he loves us. He's our heavenly father. What good dad doesn't want to provide opportunity for his children? And that's what we are, his children, to approach him and be with him. I've just had holidays and I had an amazing, amazing time with my family. One of my highlights was my son. He kept asking me to take him for a bike ride. And I kept putting it off because we were doing other things. We were busy. And then he kept asking me. And then eventually I said, yeah, no, it's okay. We're going for a bike ride. We eventually did. We're riding along the beach. It was a great day. It was great fun. The throne is an empty chair. So when you see him, it's all these things. There's another element, there's another area 
It's not a realm to Jesus that we need to understand and see when we approach the throne of grace. And I've purposely left this to the last point because it's, it's vitally important. And again, I think we often forget it. And that's when to see that Jesus is a judge. Jesus is also going to judge your life and my life. He's going to judge the life of anyone who's ever walked this planet. And that's worth remembering. It's worth remembering because as a Christian, you've got this incredible privilege and you've got this incredible security because this is going, going to be the judgment. You, we are all going to stand before. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a throne of grace, but it's also going to be a judgment seat. And all of us are going to approach this seat of judgment. And Jesus won't be king, won't be priest, won't be warrior. He won't cease to be those things. If you've placed your faith in him, your sins will be wiped clean. You will be pronounced innocent. Jesus, the judge, on his throne of grace will say, innocent. Of all the things you've ever thought, done and said, I pronounce you innocent. If you've never confessed him, if you neglected him, if you turned your back on your heavenly almighty creator and decided to instead worship and believe that we came from fish, amoebas and gases and lived your life accordingly, Jesus the judge will pronounce you guilty of all of your sins and you will be eternally separated from him. I think it's cause to rejoice, but it's also cause to contemplate and think about. Jesus the judge will one day declare you either innocent or guilty. And I just rejoice. I just rejoice that by His grace, not because I'm better than anybody else, but by His grace, I'm able to confess Him and I know that my Redeemer lives and I know that Jesus has saved me. And I can, I can actually wait for that moment with confidence and joy. I actually can't wait for that moment because of what He has done for me. Can I ask you to stand, please? <clears throat> I might just get you to close your eyes. I'd love to just end in prayer. I just want to pray for, for all of us just, just to simply have a greater revelation and understanding of this, of this incredible promise and this incredible invitation that God has for us. I just want to pray into that. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Thank you so much, O oh God, for all of your promises. We thank you that you're not a far-off God, but you are a heavenly Father, and that's how you've revealed yourself. And Lord, you are a God that wants to get to know us and you want us to approach you. Lord, the invitation is open. We can choose it or we can reject it. We can faithfully, joyfully approach this throne of grace and receive all that you have for us, knowing that Jesus is on it. And we think of this incredible promise and this incredible invitation that God has for us. So I pray into that. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Thank you so much, O oh God, for all of your promises. We thank you that you're not a far off God, but you are a heavenly Father, and that's how you've revealed yourself. And Lord, you are a God that wants to get to know us, and you want us to approach you. Lord, the invitation is open. We can choose it or we can reject it. We can faithfully, joyfully approach this throne of grace 
and receive all that you have for us, knowing that Jesus is on it. And we think of this incredible promise and this incredible invitation that God has for us. So I pray into that. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Thank you so much, O oh God, for all of your promises. We thank you that you're not a far off God, but you are a heavenly Father. And that's how you've revealed yourself. And Lord, you are a God that wants to get to know us and you want us to approach you. Lord, the invitation is open. We can choose it or we can reject it. We can faithfully, joyfully approach this throne of grace and receive all that you have for us, knowing that Jesus is on it. And we think of this incredible promise and this incredible invitation that God has for us. So I pray into that. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Thank you so much, O oh God, for all of your promises. We thank you that you're not a far off God, but you are a heavenly Father. And that's how you've revealed yourself. And Lord, you are a God that wants to get to know us and you want us to approach you. Lord, the invitation is open. We can choose it or we can reject it. We can faithfully, joyfully approach this throne of grace and receive all that you have for us, knowing that Jesus is on it. And we think of this incredible promise and this incredible invitation that God has for us. So I pray into that. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Thank you so much, O oh God, for all of your promises. We thank you that you're not a far off God, but you are a heavenly Father. And that's how you've revealed yourself. And Lord, you are a God that wants to get to know us and you want us to approach you. Lord, the invitation is open. We can choose it or we can reject it. We can faithfully, joyfully approach this throne of grace and receive all that you have for us, knowing that Jesus is on it. And we think of this incredible promise and this incredible invitation that God has for us. So I pray into that. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Thank you so much, O oh God, for all of your promises. We thank you that you're not a far off God, but you are a heavenly Father. And that's how you've revealed yourself. And Lord, you are a God that wants to get to know us and you want us to approach you. Lord, the invitation is open. We can choose it or we can reject it. We can faithfully, joyfully approach this throne of grace and receive all that you have for us, knowing that Jesus is on it. And we, th we thank you, O oh God, that because of what you've done, you are an all-conquering warrior and you go before us. We thank you that you are the greatest, highest priest that's ever walked this planet and you are able to sympathize with us. And I thank you, O oh God, that you also have power as the creator of this creation to judge it and to declare us guilty or to declare us innocent of all that we've done. Father, we just ask in the name of Jesus that by your spirit, you would help us to live our lives according to this incredible invitation and that we would, as creation has made your throne central 